Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you so much once again for taking time out of your busy life to join me today on my podcast. I'm continuing my teaching series, the great chronological teaching series on the book of Revelation. This has been exciting. This has been incredible in so many ways, the things we have learned in the past several weeks. For the last two weeks, I've been teaching specifically from Revelation chapter 20 and the millennial reign of Christ on the earth after he returns. It's been an exciting, a rich study. But today we come to a part in this study that is very sober and very serious. And I'm speaking about Judgment Day, the Great White Throne Judgment. Before I get into this teaching, I want to just do a little bit of housekeeping, if you will. I've been talking about those people who will survive the tribulation period and will be standing before Christ in their mortal bodies, not resurrected, glorified bodies. And I touched on this a little bit last week, but I just want to finish up some points that I think are so important. Now, again, if you have not listened to many of the teachings in the series, you can go to my Spotify platform. You'll see a list of the teachings and the dates, and you can catch up so that you're in context today. But what about the people who survived the tribulation that are still in their mortal bodies? Well, what's important that we want to learn is that they will procreate and have children. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 20 teaches they will live to be a hundred. Now, these people and all the children born during the millennial reign of Christ will have the responsibility to either accept or reject Christ. If they reject Christ, they will be sent to a place called Hades at death. It's a holding place. It's not hell. And they will stay there in that holding place until the great white throne judgment, which is what we're going to talk about today. Now, if those millennial survivors accept the Lord, they will eat of the tree of life and live forever. But I want to touch on this idea about the fate of the unbeliever or the wicked after death, since we're going to speak about the great white throne judgment today. Jesus taught a parable in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. It's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, in this parable that Jesus taught, the rich man dies, and he goes to Hades, this holding place after death, but not yet hell. And he's in this holding place, and Jesus described this rich man was in torment. Whereas Lazarus, the beggar, the poor man, was safe at home in Abraham's bosom or paradise. The rich man was in torment, and he cried out to Abraham, Have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in agony in this fire. And by the way, warn my family about this place of torment. Well, Jesus is making the point that this is a literal conscious existence after death. 
Hades is that holding place. After death, it is not hell. Hell is the lake of fire. All of our spirits are kept in this place, this prison, until the final resurrection and judgment, whereas hell is the lake of fire that is the present, permanent, final estate of the wicked. I just wanted to clear those points up before we start our teaching today. I want us to look carefully now at Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And John writes, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This graphic image we hear have here in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, is frightening. It's some of the most frightening words in all of Scripture. What do we have here? This is man's last day in God's court. This is the day of judgment. This tribunal, this court, this trial will not be like the familiar trials we're all used to that are held on earth for those on trial. This day will experience a very different kind of court. Let me explain. In this court, there will be no debate about guilt or innocence. There will be a prosecutor, but no defender. There will be an accuser, but no advocate. There will be an indictment, but no case for the charged. There will be a swift presentation of the convicting evidence, but no rebuttal. A testimony with no cross-examination. There's no dream team here. There will be an utterly unsympathetic judge and no jury. There will be a sentence, but no appeal. A punishment with no parole in a jail with no escape. The petty courts of earth fall short of this one. So somewhere, unknown to us, and John doesn't say, somewhere between earth and heaven, between this world as we know it now, and the new heaven and the new earth, this judgment will take place. And it is the last courtroom that will ever convene throughout all eternity. After this, no one will ever be tried again. 
and God will never act again as a judge. Well, what is this great white throne judgment in Revelation? Let's look at some of the facts about the great white throne judgment. The who. Everyone who ever died without knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the unbeliever, the who, is here at the great white throne. The what? Each person here, their life will be measured against God's perfect standard of holiness. When? Somewhere after Jesus' millennial reign. Where? We can't be sure, but it won't be in heaven or in earth. Why? To settle all rebellion against God's righteousness. I remember the very serious, sober words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, where Jesus will say on that day, this day we're speaking of here, many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many miraculous things in your name? And Jesus will answer them saying, Depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. The most frightening words that anyone will ever hear who had a false sense of security but ended up at the great white throne judgment. Now, before I get into the specifics, I want to help us here. There is a huge difference between the great white throne judgment at the end of history and the Bema seat of Christ. In this teaching on Revelation, I have taught that the bride of Christ, the church, the true believers are raptured out before the beginning of the great tribulation. And once we're in heaven, we will stand before the Bema seat of Christ. But this is not to determine our salvation. This is to sift through all of the works we have done as believing Christians and to receive either reward or loss of reward. The Bible makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For one can lay a foundation. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So this is not to determine our destiny, our salvation, but our rewards, our loss of wards. The Bible makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which were prepared before eternity. The Bible makes it clear all who are in Christ have been saved not by their works, but by the work of Christ. 
Jesus has accomplished that plan of salvation on the cross. And in heaven, we appear before the Bema seat. It's a judgment seat of Christ for the reception of our rewards or to be told that we didn't get any rewards because our motives were not pure. But yet we're still saved. We're still Christians. We're still in Christ. Now, the difference is at the great white throne judgment, at the end of history, these are unbelievers, maybe many of them that thought they were good people, that lived a good moral life, and they will stand before Christ. These are those that have never bowed their knee to Jesus, that have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. John says he saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Whoa, books? There's more than one book? Well, let's look at that carefully. Psalm 69 verse 28 speaks of the book of life. Now, when the Lord opens the book of life and your name has been blotted out, you will not spend eternity with him. Your destiny is the lake of fire. Jesus records every single sin that all non-believers have committed and will judge them according to their works. Now, why would your name be blotted out of the book of life? Well, when you're born, it's there. It's recorded. But if in your lifetime you never willingly received Christ, then your name is blotted out. Now, notice something very important here in our scripture today. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they were done. And they were judged, verse 13, each of them according to what they had done. Now, unless you understand the context here, you will think that salvation is a reward for good works versus bad works. Something like Islam, you know, your good works have to outweigh your bad works. But in reality, that's not what's going on here. Remember, those standing before the great white throne, have never received Christ. They never bowed their knee to Christ in their lifetimes. And so because they have never received Christ, God will judge them by their works. When we trust in Christ, we trust in what Christ has done for us by his work. We're not trusting in the unrighteous works of our own hands. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No amount of good deeds and good work will ever commend us to a holy God. And that's why Christ comes. He is our sinless substitute who died on the cross to cleanse us from all of our guilt and shame. And when we trust in his finished work, that he has done the work for us, that he has lived a perfect, sinless life, keeping perfectly the law of God, we get the free gift of righteousness credited to our account. Christ has done the work for us. But for these people that have never trusted in Christ... God will show them the futility and unrighteousness of their own works. He will open up the book. Jesus is the just judge here at the great white throne. In this book, all of their sins are still recorded. They have never been blotted out by the blood of Christ. 
Now, the Bible makes it very clear when we trust in Christ, all of our sins have been removed, past, present, and future. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, Malachi records. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far as our transgressions, our sins been removed from us. They're blotted out. Our record is clean. We have the perfect free gift of righteousness given to us, not by works, but by faith in Christ. But those standing here before the great white throne, their books reveal their sins. They will be judged by everything they did. Their record is not clean. It is horrific because they refused to trust in Christ who removes all of our sins, who removes the record of all of our wrongdoings. Because they never did that, God will show them, you had an opportunity and now I'm going to judge you by your own works. And the Bible says, when they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. It is a sobering, frightful reality. My question to you is, have you ever bowed your knee to Christ? Have you ever cried out to him and trusted in him for salvation? The Bible makes it really clear that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not by our own righteousness, but by his perfect righteousness, his perfect pardon that we're saved, by his uh, cleansing blood that we're saved. But if you stand before the great white throne, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9.27. If you're standing there in your own clothes of filthy righteousness, filthy unrighteousness, instead of the righteousness of Christ, you're in your tattered robes of unrighteousness, standing before God, your sins have never been removed, they're all in the books that God will judge you by, the Bible says your destiny is the lake of fire forever and ever eternal conscious torment i don't want anyone to go there this is a frightening scene and i would just ask that you would come to jesus and cry out to him for his mercy Ask him to come and live in your heart to forgive you of your sin debt, to wipe wipe your slate completely clean, to give you his perfect righteousness, that you're clothed in his perfect righteousness and not in the robes of your unrighteous deeds. I pray that you do this today, for we never know what's going to happen and we're not promised tomorrow. And so I want to thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. I hope that you will read carefully Revelation chapter 20, one of the most sober, serious passages in all the Bible, verses 11 through 15. And think very seriously about these words. We have the greatest good news of the gospel 
to call everyone to salvation so they will never have to stand before this throne. But there will be many that go there. Many, many that will not be saved. I want to say thank you so much for listening today to The Cross in the Desert. God bless you. Have an incredible week.